Welcome to the Idea Fit Pro Show with your host, Sandy Todd Webster. Hi, everyone, and thanks so much for joining me on another episode of the Idea Fit Pro Show. I'm Sandy Webster, Ideas Editor in Chief, and your host for the podcast. Today, we are joined by internationally known integrative health and mindfulness expert Shirley Archer. Shirley is an award-winning health journalist and best-selling author of 16 fitness and wellness books. In addition to being a contributing editor to Idea Fitness Journal, she is a media spokesperson and was named Idea's 2008 Fitness Instructor of the Year. She's a 25-year industry veteran and former health and fitness educator at the Stanford Prevention Research Center. She has served on multiple industry committees and co-authored countless articles and chapters for various fitness and wellness trade groups. When it comes to health and fitness services, Shirley believes it's not only what you offer, it's how you offer it. Her Idea World Virtual Session, Train Clients Happy for Better Retention and Results, revealed the secret sauce to offering training programs that improve participation and results by leading with a positive and uplifting approach. Today, we discuss the latest research findings on the science of happiness and share practical tips on helping clients to tap into their happiness quotient, which very likely will have impact on the health and happiness of your business's bottom line. Stay with us for this enlightening conversation. Hey, Shirley, and welcome back to the podcast. And thank you so much for being here on what for you is a Friday evening from Zurich. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. Yay. Friday night. (laughs) I (laughs) can start as soon as we're done. Awesome. Um, So you have had a very long and storied career in the industry. But for listeners who don't know you, um, please give us a brief digest of your industry experience, your areas of expertise, and really what, what you're focused on these days. Um, Yeah. Well, I appreciate that you've already shared some of my bio, so I thought I'd just give a a real, try my best to be very short. Um, I'm actually very blessed to be one of the early entrants to the industry. So I started teaching group exercise in the 1980s when we still didn't really know what we were doing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we were just creating it as we went along, and it was fantastic. And uh, and so as a result, I learned how to teach everything because that's what we did back then as each new discipline got invented. You know, we started with only high impact. We went to then low impact. Then we went to um, step aerobics, and then we involved, you know, muscle condition. So everything started. So I would learn everything. I think that's very different from today's fit pro who tends to go into a niche right away. You know, they're either a spinning instructor or a yoga instructor. And, and I really, at that point in the industry, like many of my peers, we, we did a lot of everything. Um, but over the years, I've, I've narrowed it down. And, and I also, but then I expanded because I also went into personal training and, and was a wellness coach because I wanted to offer more full offering to my clients. And I traveled quite a bit as well. And today I teach once a week water fitness because I love water. And it's the one workout that really can serve you over a lifetime. You know, it's really a fantastic. So for those who haven't got in the pool, I invite you to do it because it's really great. And I teach a kind of circuit conditioning class 
probably every other week and I teach yoga once a week. And then I focus a lot on um, meditation and the mindfulness aspect. I'm teaching meditation almost every day. And of course, you have all of the, the writing you've done in your career and, and still do as a contributing editor for IDEA, um, all the speaking engagements you do. Um, you're just, you're really out there and doing all kinds of stuff. It's a great array. Oh, thank you. Yeah, 16 books. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's mind blowing. <laughs> I don't know how it happened. <laughs> So it's really ironic to me that the last time I had you on the show, which never saw the light of day, unfortunately, we talked about the same topic that I want to spend most of our time on today. You had just written our cover feature for the January, February 2020 issue of Fitness Journal on the topic of training clients happy. And we were all excited to kick off the year um, and the podcast. You were one of the first episodes I recorded um, over a year ago. And then a pandemic hit and training happy got sucked into the wild vortex of 2020. And so I am just so glad that we've emerged from the storm to revisit it today. And so, um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to, you know, just if you could, if you could set the table, give us a primer on what that article was all about. Uh, that article was really important to me. And was very well received. I actually got a lot of emails back from people who were um, touched by it and, and felt that it resonated. And it was really about how we can use uh, happiness is what all of us want, right? <laughs> and happiness is something we can actually create. And there's now a significant body of research in positive psychology, also known as happiness science, and there's also neuroscience that shows that when we are happy, we tend to have uh, more success with health behaviors, physical activity being one of them, and happier people train more. And when you boost, there's very interesting research that when you boost someone's happiness, they actually are more successful with their physical activity programming. Mm -hmm. And so I was really struck because I, because I re review research all the time for the column. And I was really struck by this fact. And I reached out to the Harvard, um, the principal investigator who was at Harvard. And I said, you know, I write this. And he said, that's really interesting. Because I said, you know, why aren't we focusing in the fitness industry towards using happiness as a way to improve people's adherence and, um, you know, success. And because even results are better when you help people feel better about themselves and about their lives and, and their everyday activities. So that was the genesis of the article. And then, then I just uh, went through and shared all the tips on how you could cultivate it. But I was really struck by the significant amount of research that's already available to us that tells us this is a key to success. Yeah, and we're really going to dive into the research and also practical examples. But, um, you know, as you explained in the CEC feature last year, uh, boosting happiness during training um, is a soft skill that may not get a lot of attention, but one that can make a really powerful difference for improving client results in the long term and really increasing client satisfaction. 
client satisfaction in the short term, which you really just sort of touched on. Um, Tell us why you think FitPro should be more deliberate in planning happiness into program design. Uh, Because it doesn't necessarily happen by accident. Mm -hmm. We need to bring intentionality. Just as we uh, create a program, we don't go into our training session without any idea of what we're going to do. We plan what what the program is going to be. If we're doing intervals, we have work and rest ratios. We have um, warm up, cool down. We know which activities we're going to switch from. You know, if you're sequencing a class, you do the front of the body, the back of the body. You try to hit everything. So there's always intentionality to the movement aspect. There's intentionality to the cueing, the safety, and all of this. But so. I think that if we want to really boost happiness, we need to bring intentionality just like we do with anything else. Yeah, I, I think, you know, as a if you if you if fit pros even put themselves on the um, attendee side of the room, you know, you're you come to a fitness class. Um, you, I think we all know the difference between a great class that makes us feel great and we we leave feeling happy and accomplished and successful versus a class that feels maybe just very rote and mechanical and there's no passion or, or love put into it. And so it it really is quite intentional, I think. And it flows through the instructor to, to sprinkle that magic on the class. Right, right. And some people have intuitive, natural gifts. And so they're doing all of that because it's within them. It's innate. But these are also learned, learnable skills. Right, right. So um, more about the science now. You make the point in the article that we have more than a modest amount of control over how happy or unhappy we are. Um, tell us more about what you discovered about the nature-nurture nurture ratio of what's built into our DNA versus what we can control or coax along with some good happiness habits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is also so interesting because we tend to think, or a lot of people think that happiness is random and they don't really see their agency around creating happiness. And yet the research says, you know, 50% is really temperament. You know, how some people are just more naturally optimistic. Some people are more pessimistic. We all know that some people are gifted with a wonderful sense of humor. You know, these are genetic Uh, predispositions. So that's about half. But in the other 50%, 40% is dependent on your personal efforts. Only 10% of our happiness is really linked to material well-being, which, Mm. you know, basic needs, you know, food, clothing, shelter, you know, as long as we have food security, housing security, and we, um, you know, feel that our life is, is stable, then the the extra, you know, million billion doesn't necessarily increase happiness. So in, in, a, in a culture that's materially focused, that gets to a little bit too much weight. You know, people think happiness is out there. Maybe it's in, in those things, but it really isn't. And, this, and the studies really show that that's to be true. And what's fascinating about this is there's even a country called Bhutan who 
um, knew of this fact, and so they created, you know, a, instead of a GDP measurement, they created a happiness index mm. to guide public policy because they wanted to boost the happiness of their population in addition to the material well-being, which is a great philosophy. So, so that that's fascinating, and not to put you on the spot, but w- what are some of the things that Bhutan did to to w- what are they focusing on to up that that GHP or whatever they're called. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I love that. Uh, Well, I think, um, you know, one of my faculty members was actually an advisor. One of my teachers at Stanford was actually an advisor to the prince there. So so I did have some insight in inside information. But I think it really boils down to trying to create opportunities for people to um, develop their own potential. And also building community, having a sense of trust and trust in the government. And uh, I mean, community is very important, social support and and creating the circumstances in which people can actually develop into who they have the talent to be. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if... uh you know, tracking their, their work in Bhutan, if, if that emerges as, you know, a so-called blue zone area in, in the future, like how does that affect longevity? That, and I'm so fascinated by the whole blue zones concept, but happiness is part of that equation. Yes, yes. And if you look at the blue zones, they all have this in common in that there's very strong sense of community. There's this very strong sense of meaning or purpose in life. Yeah. Um, there's so, there's support. very good life balance. Yeah, social support. You know, there's just there's just very strong community, and that matters. Right. Uh, so aside from happiness being, <clears throat> excuse me, being a state of mind that makes us feel good, why does being happy matter? Uh, and so again, you listed a lot of science in your article, and you addressed it in your 2021 Idea World virtual session recently, but what are a few examples that highlight why happiness makes a difference in a person's life? Well, here's also something that's fascinating, but it's actually common sense if you think about it, but the data also show that people who are happier have, um, they live longer, they have fewer chronic diseases, they are less likely to die of an accident, they have um, stronger social support networks, they have um, better. They have um, typically better jobs, better, more fulfilling careers. They earn more income. You know, it's there isn't any aspect of life that being happier doesn't make better. And what I thought was really fascinating is there's even research that people who have um, more uh, cognitive deficiencies in terms of the physiology of the brain, you know, less brain matter, more damage to the brain, but have a more positive and optimistic outlook, Mm -hmm. actually have higher cognitive function. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So doing more with less. Right, exactly. Um, So with such strong evidence in support of the pursuit of happiness, let's walk through some practical ways to bring it so fit pros can bring it more into their trainings. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, first, I have to believe that it's critical for the trainer, the coach or the group leader to show up happy to to begin with. We talked about that a little bit earlier, um, but it really has to roll from leadership if there's 
if there's to be a happy vibe in, in class, right? So what mm-hmm. are some ways a fit pro can up her or his happiness quotient when preparing to lead a session? Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to add one other point is that when we talk about happiness, it's not this sort of pleasure-based hedonistic definition of being happy like that's part of it of course if you eat a warm cookie and that makes you feel good and I feel happy but we're really talking about satisfied with your life you know subjective well-being is is overall satisfaction with your life so I think for the fitness professional to to have this as an intention when they teach and you know with all my years of experience how often have I been racing to get to the studio on time because, oh my God, there's a traffic jam or something. (laughs) And it's like, and the schedule is the schedule. And so it's hectic and it's stressful, but it's very important to, I like to promote this concept of micro meditation to simply pause, allow yourself to reset, you know, maybe just take a few slow, deep breaths, be where you are, Remind yourself why you enjoy doing what you do. Remember the people that you love to boost with your skills. And put yourself in that frame of mind and perhaps even visualize your successful class. Um, I think it's very important to to leave it outside the, the room, the hassles that that. Now, if you're, of course, dealing with something serious in your life, then, you know, this is not to say an instructor shouldn't attend to self-care. So if you're exhausted and burnt out and you genuinely are not feeling that sense of joy and looking forward to seeing your people and offering your training, then it's probably a good, good um, wake up to say, hmm, maybe I need to take a little break and and listen to that voice that that says um you know maybe sub out a few classes maybe take a week off just to refresh yourself it can be very demanding training sure yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. mentally physically all of it it is it's 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 quite a bit and um sometimes we need to put things on pause and refill our tanks Right. And so just having that wherewithal, you know, not only in the moment, letting go of the stresses and the anxieties that that were involved with before you got there, but that if you really genuinely feel like, oh, I don't want to do this. It's amazing what a week off can do to to allow that energy to be reignited. Right. Or, or maybe even just plan that into your your year. Absolutely. You know, know that you, you know, take your vacations and be true to yourself um, maybe not doing it last minute and, you know, leaving others in alert or, you know, I mean, that happens. We, it, mm-hmm. things happen in life, life happens, but, um, just, I think planning it in. So we anticipate it and look forward to it and really savor the whole idea of, of giving ourselves some rest and, mm-hmm. um, you know, filling our tank. That's, it's just super important. Yes. Absolutely. So, so now with, um, you know, sort of bringing ourselves intrinsic, describing, you know, to sort of uh, gather yourself before your class instructor maybe has her, her or his happy dialed in a little bit more now. 
um, I want to get more to the, the practical examples or techniques or strategies that fit pros can use to turn up the positive vibes when they're actually leading a class or session. You mentioned earlier that, you know, it this doesn't just happen. It's, you know, there has to be intention in this. So if you could please walk us through a few of the suggestions you listed in the article and in your session, I think that would go a long way toward um, people really understanding how to do this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, I love, thank you so much for giving an opportunity to share. <laughs> I love talking about this. And just as you offer yourself a pause so that you can reset and be present for your class or your individual client, whatever, whatever the setting is, begin your session with that. And, you know, you don't even have to call it meditation because some people are uncomfortable with the word meditation. And that's okay. It doesn't matter what we call it. But offer at the beginning an opportunity for people to simply be, to breathe, to get grounded, to become present, and to, to be ready for what's coming. I like to do a, an opening that's called circling the senses where you just focus, do a little body scan and then notice the breath and then notice what you can hear and, and sense and then open your eyes. What do you see? And then why are you here? Maybe question if you have a purpose for your workout today and then begin. So I think it's very important to give people that chance to be present in the moment because happiness is available to us now. <laughs> you know, it's not um, in the future or behind us. We create it in the present. And so people really need to be in the present moment to experience the joy of the energy they feel rising in their body. So that's another technique that you can do is you can really point out to people. You could even ask, say, on a scale of one to 10, what's your energy level? right now or how stressed do you feel and have people do a little self-assessment and then at the end of the class say okay on a scale and people will be amazed at how that has shifted Mm -hmm. so just bringing their attention to the shift and the and that awareness of the positive positivity that has been created is is an important skill or if you have a chance even before the class this is something i always like to do i even do it with my family members would be, tell me what has been a highlight of your week this week. Tell me one great thing that's happened to you today. You know, get people to share something great. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a wonderful icebreaker. And it's also just sets the positive mood because we life is good and bad. I mean, great things happen, bad things happen. But, you know, what we pay attention to more is, is how, affects how we feel. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to take a quick break from our interview to do a little housekeeping. Do you have a product or service you'd like to get in front of our audience? With 15,000 members and a marketing reach of 275,000 fitness pros, Idea Health & Fitness is your trusted marketing partner for reaching the fitness and wellness industry. Whether you're looking to drive awareness, engagement, generate leads, or increase sales, IDEA has targeted marketing vehicles and events to get your message out to our dedicated audience of certified fitness professionals. Let's work together to meet your business goals. Contact the IDEA brand activation team at sales at ideafit.com. 
That's sales at ideafit.com. Now let's get back to the interview. What about in the, in the body of the class during the class? You know, so mm-hmm. you're setting the stage and maybe you're following up at the end, but you know, during the actual program, so, what, what are some of the things you can, we can do? We want to cultivate gratitude. So remind, you know, feel how strong you are, feel the energy, you know, but still give people the opportunity to be true to themselves. We want everyone to have an experience of success. So that's where demonstrating levels is extremely important in a multi-level group. Mm -hmm. Or even when you have a personal training client, today may be different than last week. They may be more tired. Embrace where you are in that moment. And it's okay. Right. to do what you can. So you always want to set people up for success. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you're so excited that you can do, you know, 10 one-arm push-ups, it might not cheer everyone up. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't it, <laughs> it doesn't mean the same thing to every everyone's individual and success means a different thing to each person, right? Right, right. So bear that in mind. And there was another fascinating study that I shared in the article of a woman who had a script where one person was, the instructor was cueing and very body focused. Okay, this next exercise is going to burn that belly fat. We're going to get rid of those thunder thighs, you know, saddlebags, goodbye. And, you know, with every exercise was accompanied by something that was kind of body focused. Mm -hmm. And then they did the same exact um, workout, but the cueing was focused on, you know, when you do those squats, feel the energy and power in your legs. These can, you know, this is what makes a superhero move, you know, be your own superhero, uh, you know, and, and much more focused on the positive aspects of what muscles you're working and what it does for you, you know, mm-hmm. your strong core that allows you to stand tall and, and, and you know, weather the whatever challenges come, very positive. Uh, and, and then they assessed how people felt after, you know, the, the, participants didn't know what it was that was being measured and they felt much better about themselves when they had the positive cueing about what their bodies were capable of doing mm-hmm. as opposed to how it, it was going to look. Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're so hard on ourselves anyway that you, you don't need to to get a, you know, a, a negative aspect like focusing on saddlebags and, you know, just like the bad body image stuff that that we just really need to get away from. I mean, just to 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 take in those messages. And um, I, I think we of course, we're going to respond better to those and really love our workout a lot more if we're right. loving it. Right. And then and then acknowledging accomplishment for what it is, you know, great um, energy in that squat, you know, whatever is something positive as opposed to um, necessarily quantifying it or, or, you know, allowing people to be successful, you know, and, and, and then also encouraging them to notice how they feel. Right. So get that present moment experience, helping people get in touch with 
hey, look what you just did. That's really cool. Wow. Can you feel the energy in your legs? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're getting stronger with every rep. And I think the more um, we, we lead those behaviors, the more people will autopilot that stuff. They'll, they'll do it for themselves throughout their, their days. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I'm sure every person has been in that situation where someone has said, you know, I ate a lot of whatever last night, so we're going to work out really hard today. You know, that doesn't make people feel good. <laughs> Exercise should not be a punishment. Um, you know, it should be a joy. Exactly. <laughs> a celebration of, of what our bodies can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just reminding people and then, you know, and then at the end, you know, reinforcing, you know, what were you thankful for today? What did you appreciate most about today's workout? You can even have people um, speak out in a popcorn style, you know. Yep. Love it. Um, So aside from all of these, these uh, sort of obvious reasons of how spreading happiness via fitness can reverberate beyond a class or session in, into the world and making the world a happier place on a, a, a higher plane. Um, when we speak of fitness business, what is the potential impact on retention, added buzz around your offerings, um, and client compliance and happiness? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I know when I really love a certain class or instructor, um, probably because they make me happy in some way, I don't want to miss their class. And so yes. I'm a sort of a repeat offender, if it were. But what do you see as the ripple effect of this on the fitness business model? Yeah, absolutely. And there's one very interesting study that um, was done in Australia about group fitness leadership. And they showed that the most successful instructors were those that built strong communities and that sense of social support. So, you know, the, the ones that the, the instructors who know everyone's name and introduce people to each other and, you know, maybe or, you know, get together. And there's if your facility has happy hours once in a while, you know, it's this this kind of sharing and group support is very important. So I think that it, it, it can make a difference because I think when we come out of the pandemic, it's been interesting because a lot of people are excited to go back to train. And there's been some interesting surveys about how they're, you know, want to get out of the basement. They want to be with other people. And sure, people are talking about the COVID-15 or whatever, but the, the, the real inspiration and excitement is the urge to be together with other people. I mean, this is what most people are saying why they want to go back to the gym. They miss the motivation. They miss the community. They miss mm-hmm. the social support. So let's hear that. Let's embrace that. You know, let's build on that. I mean, this can be, you know, let's meet people where they are. You know, I think we're seeing a lot of transition. I, and I attribute a lot of this to the millennials because they're, there's a, they're a real focus on more authenticity and finding your voice and self-expression and inclusivity and diversity. And, and I love all of that. And I want to support all the, you know, generations of instructors c- coming up. And, but they're still in the background, this tired old message of, you know, body perfection, Mm. um, you know, no pain, no gain, uh, the messaging that actually creates a lot of anxiety for people. (laughs) Yeah. And we, we wonder why we, we can't attract 
the people who really need us the most into our fold? Well, it's intimidating, right? Right, right. We're, we're scaring them. <laughs> <laughs> so we all need happiness training. Um, and I'm just going to say a great start is reading this article Shirley has written, and I'm putting a link in the show notes for all of you. Um, so what a, what a great conversation. And I, I just wanted to use this as a leaping off point to, um, you know, this whole conversation about happiness rolls really well into the most recent feature piece that you've written for us, which pertains to the notion of selling well-being to clients rather than selling exercise, which mm-hmm. by now we, we all know kind of doesn't work for most people. Right. Um, so if you could, if you have time, please give us the high level view of the piece, which just came out in the July, August issue of Fitness Journal, and which I also will put a link to in the show notes. But again, this is another must read. These are these are concepts that don't get explored um, in, in such a deep way in our industry. And Shirley just does a really beautiful job of tackling them. But please... Um, articulate to us what selling well-being versus exercise is all about. Oh, thank you so much. And and these are just personal passions. You know, I've been in this business for what, 30 years? Oh my gosh. And I care deeply. I think that fitness professionals have such a powerful opportunity to touch individual lives and uplift people in such a meaningful way. And and there's this these are just some extra tools that they can use to 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 magnify that influence that they have. And and So I really care. Um, The article really addresses some of the issues that are brought out by what's called the parallel pandemic, which is a a crisis of mental health. Mm -hmm. And mental optimizing mental well-being is can be viewed as just as important as optimizing physical well-being. We're not physical, mental, emotional beings. We're beings. <laughs> so we need to, you know, so it's, it's it, we talk about it in these different categories, but we're one integrated person. And there, you know, a lot of people are still experiencing stress and anxiety, even as we transition into going into a more normal life again. There's, you know, there's, you know, there's still this kind of undercurrent of what's going to happen. We, there's still uncertainty. And and it's also unusual to go from being so isolated to now suddenly being able to be in a crowd as much as we enjoy having the chance to interact again. So I think that the fitness profession has a real opportunity here to do that reset and to really embrace the whole person and say that what we offer you can make you feel happier because there is so much evidence that uh, regular physical activity can boost uh, mental well-being, mm-hmm. particularly anxiety and depression. It's it's a it's an adjunctive therapy mm-hmm. recognized by the medical profession. So, you know what we're doing is actually therapeutic. Let's 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 help. Let's reach people with this benefit. I, I, one thing I wanted to say is that 
in the course of my article, I had the great chance to interview uh, Dr. Antonio Williams, who's a faculty member at Indiana University, and his expertise is fitness branding. And he brought up the point that, you know, we sell, we're all about selling beautiful bodies and weight loss. Not everyone, that, of course, that's a generalization, but we cannot guarantee that at all. <laughs> Right. Someone may exercise all the time and not lose weight at all, but we're selling it. And so, so consumers are going to judge us based on that, which we cannot guarantee that result. Whereas there's all this evidence about how fitness can make you feel better, can boost your mood, can increase your energy, can improve your quality of life, can reduce your risk of disease, on and on and on. And yet we're not selling that. <laughs> So despite what seems really obvious to you and me, because I've read your article and you wrote the article um, and, and for fit pros, knowing all the benefits of exercise too, um, why isn't everyone turning to exercise first then? Why as a culture do we not do that? And why aren't we selling what we do with a more holistic message versus aesthetic or, or health benefits even? Because people don't want to hear that sometimes. Right. Especially after we just came out of the pandemic, everyone's self-conscious. Like, I think I, I heard that the airline said the average passenger gained eight pounds. <laughs> I mean, everyone gained weight because, well, not everyone. That's Again, that's a generalization. But many people gained weight, which is actually natural when there's more stress and anxiety because mm -hmm. everyone in the fitness industry knows that when your cortisol levels go up, your body holds on to fat because it's going into fight or flight. And this is a survival mechanism, evolutionary for our body to put on more body fat as a way to protect ourselves in case of a threat to our survival. So, yeah. So let's not be too heavy with the perfect body image because maybe people aren't feeling the best about their body image right now. Uh, but there's so much more we can do to meet people where they are you know, come to the stress busting class, you know, promote need, need to sleep better, you know, enjoy this exercise. This workout will help improve the, the depth and quality of your sleep. Shorten the workouts because one of the, um, barriers to exercise is this sense that I don't have time or I'm too tired, you know, give 15 minute workouts, uh, too tired to move. Trust me, this is going to be easy, low level, you know, teach relaxation cycling, you know, <laughs> I don't know, feel good cycling, you know, as opposed to like kill yourself cycling. <laughs> right. I'm not, I'm not a marketing expert, so I have some examples in the article of, of wonderful words, but you know sell the stress relief benefits in the name of the classes or specials that you're offering. Yeah, absolutely. I'm laughing because I'm sure everybody at home just heard that, but your dog was really thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> She's hydrating. <laughs> Cheyenne must have just drank a half gallon of water. Yeah, she's still drinking. <laughs>
Okay, well, on on that note, as as we wrap up our conversation today, um, first, if you could please tell everyone how they can reach out to you on your various social feeds, your website, and then I would love for you to to leave us with a thought or two um, on critical areas to seriously consider toward nudging clients to exercise happy or to look at selling well-being over selling exercise. Um, What what is the conversation you hope we're having about this in a few years? That's a great question. Um, Well, the best way to reach me is uh, shirleyarcher.com because I'm active on multiple social media uh, channels. I have a YouTube channel. I just got 70,000 views. So that's very exciting for me. (laughs) They sent me a little nose. You just got 70,000 views. So that's That's very exciting. I mean, it's nothing compared to the influencers that have millions, but you know, that's, it's one view at a time for those of you that are building YouTube channels. And and it's an important view. Uh, Yes, thank you. And but you can come to my website, you can sign up for my newsletter, I have some free downloads of, um, you know, tools and that can help people. And I'm really here as a more senior uh, fitness pro to lift our profession. And, you know, so reach out to me if you're wondering, you have some questions, I'm going to answer them. Okay. I care about your future. I want you to be successful. And, you know, this is, this is what I have to offer the industry at this point in my career. What I hope from the conversation, I hope that we really look at what kind of message that we're offering. You know, I think that also, you know, the pandemic gave us a lot of gifts in that it brought into focus what really matters in life, you know, particularly if you had a loved one who maybe was at risk of dying or if you lost a loved one, you know, my heart is with you. You know, so you really, that that was very real. Uh, and then it also, you know, we we know that, we want to be with other people. We know we want to be active, but we can we can do the. We don't have to go back to the same old way that things were being done in the past. We have this chance to redefine how the messaging is, how we connect, and so I hope we're really talking about how we are lifting people up, how we are creating a more inclusive uh, message and and offering, how we're meeting people where they are not only in the studio, but also in the community that we are serving. I mean, you know, there is no shortage of clients for us because there isn't anyone who doesn't benefit from more activity, whatever their level of ability is. And, and it's, we can do that. So I think, you know, if you like to serve athletes, that's fine. And that is one niche, but not everyone has to serve the ones that already love activity or the semi-professional or professional athlete. There's this whole spectrum of people from young to old that can benefit from what you have to offer. And so I I really hope that we broaden the communities that we serve and and that we're thinking about how we can improve overall well-being in a very integrative way. Such an important message, and what a what a great thought to leave us with. Um, thank you so much for being with us today, especially on your Friday night. Um, 
I, I just, uh, after so many years of working with you, I still am completely awed by your passion, your intelligence, um, your, just your creativity, everything you bring to the table. Shirley, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure working with you, talking to you. Um, I love you so much. Thank you. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. Thank you. Love you too. Big virtual <laughs> hug. <laughs> Big virtual yeah. hug to everybody. You know, this is our community. We love each other. We support each other. Let's learn. Let's grow. You know, let's acknowledge our mistakes. Let's be better. I'm sure I didn't say everything perfectly. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I love you all. <laughs> all right. Take care. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thank you. If you're looking for more idea content or want to learn more about membership or events, visit our website at ideafit.com. We also host the Listen and Learn CEC podcast, the fitness industry's first and only audible CEC program. Each episode contains information from our award-winning fitness journal that has been approved for one CEC by more than 25 certification agencies. You can subscribe to both the Idea Fit Pro Show and Idea Listen and Learn CEC podcast in the Apple Podcast Store and on other podcast platforms. Check the show notes for these details and for other resources mentioned in today's episode. This is Sandy Webster signing off. Until next time, stay positive and keep inspiring the world with your special magic. Don't ever forget that you make a huge difference in the lives of others and that idea is here to support you in this critical purpose. Thanks for all you do to make the world a healthier, happier place.